Should have put some product in my hair. You want some of mine? <laughs> now I'll just go all natural this episode. Finish him! Mortal Kombat! <laughs> That's the first time I've ever done that voice. It's like a SpongeBob voice. <laughs> I'm killing Steve! Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hump. Because <laughs> a guitar, bike, selly, trading, modding, fixing. Uh, breaking, playing, reviewing podcast. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to reproduce that ever again for the rest also, of my I life. Also, I was doing. Are you ready for? Or are you all ready for this? Oh yeah, yeah. My, my mind wanted it to be Mortal Kombat. I mean, they're though. almost the same song. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. All right, so we're going to start with an ad from Adam Pope. Uh, can we figure out where this was listed? It looks like Facebook Marketplace. Facebook. This is listed in Arkansas. I am selling this Epiphone Les Paul. I think it's a Korean unsung from early 2000s. Frank. <laughs> I'm still killing uh, Steve. Frank could use some finishing work, but guitar is functional, has Grover tuners. It's kind of noisy. May have a loose wire in the jack. Project guitar, but has potential. Set neck weight is more like a normal Les Paul. Oh, could just paint the front a satin gold or something. <laughs> I'm selling this guitar because I just got a new car asking 150 or best offer Siloam Springs area. So this guy was asking 150 and it's listed as sold. So, so somebody bought it. Somebody bought it. We don't know if they, you know, offered lower than 150, but this thing has some battle damage. It has some relicking going on. I don't know if this is, I mean, a, a good portion of it looks like fake relicking. Like someone attached it, attacked it with a, a big lighter or a blowtorch yeah. or something like that. And then like, there's a big place where it looks like, uh, you know, the, uh, what is it called? They went with like a orbital sander or something. No, I'm, th I'm thinking about the thin piece of wood that's put down and glued down to give you uh, a nice piece of wood. Oh, like, veneer. A veneer. It looks like the veneer like pulled off in one place. Because there's that long light strip. Oh, I see. Or maybe some sort of, some of the finish pulled off. Yeah. Something happened. I can't. It's got cracks across it, like it's supposed to have uh, temperature checking. But it looks so uniform to me that I have a feeling they tried to fake it with a razor or something. There's a lot going on here. There's not a lot of pixels in the photos that we have, but there's a lot going on here with this guitar. But the reason I think I wanted to talk about it is because I had this thought the other day. I saw an Epiphone somewhere, an older Epiphone. Oh, hold on. I do want to preface because you're all sure, just bringing sure. to a topic. I think this price is fair. He thinks it's fair. 150 I think This is a Les Paul standard. It's an older one. 
but this is probably normally like a $300 Epiphone. With that amount of damage, though, half price? I think price? that's fairish. All right. I think that's in the As a pro- fair. I'm going to imagine that someone offered 100 and then paid 120 and then it's a project starter. I'm just saying, like, normally at this price range, at like 150 you're looking at, like, those LP100s, the bolt-ons, or... Uh, or, you know, like a yeah, but look special. At, look at this thing. It's been beat up. Even the back looks bad, and there's not intentional relicking on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, this... I don't know. I could be wrong. This thing's been roughed up pretty significantly. I mean, the nut's still there. The you know, All the, you know, hardware's still there, so it probably still functions yeah, just fine. it's been manhandled, but the nut's still there. Yeah, someone attacked it with a belt sander and a heat gun or a blowtorch or something. But what I was going to say is I saw someone playing an older Epiphone recently and i suddenly felt a weird little wave of nostalgia for the epiphone headstock that just got discontinued like a year and a half ago two years ago or something like that oh the side clipped you know headstock yeah. ah i remember those and it was the first time in my life where i'd appreciated what do they one call it? they call it like the dog ear headstock or the dog tag headstock or yeah something. it's something like that i can it, it's like the corners are the cut off chip tag right right what do they call it with dobermans would they oh yeah that's not what they call that's it. not I, I i know what you mean i don't i don't remember what that's called because i don't mangle animals no. as i judge the doberman <laughs> owners out there <laughs> Have you ever seen a Doberman with floppy ears? Have you seen the... It's they're adorable. Cute. They're cute. Uh, have you seen the... Totally unrelated now. Uh, but did you listen to Pete, the Pete Davidson phone call to PETA? No. I guess he got a designer dog and uh, PETA called him out for it. And he called them and left a voicemail. He's like, this is for your CEO or whoever. Uh, I'm allergic to dogs. I got this designer dog because my dog just died and I'm going through a lot and I need a dog. And this is the only breed of dog that I'm not allergic to. And then basically just went all in. Like it's easy to judge me because I bought a designer dog or like, no, it's not, they didn't call it designer dog, but some right, special, right. some special expensive breed. And he's like, but you don't know what's up, so like maybe I don't know. Well, that's like, an that's an empty conversation because <coughs> Peta doesn't think anyone should have any pets whatsoever. Yeah. So that's like, true. why even bother? But back they, to guitars. Peter thinks all dogs should be killed. <laughs> they they kill every animal that they collect. So there you go. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome to the Guitar Anti Peta Podcast. <laughs> I had a surf and turf burrito for dinner. I had a I had a carnitas. So you had two animals and I had a third. Mm-hmm. Animals are what's for dinner around here apparently. Um <laughs> and I have goldfish for pets. Okay. Come at me, PETA. I personally think you could not be more wrong. You think I'm wrong for having nostalgia for the for the Epiphone headstock? I have act I I never well I I yeah, I pretty much never owned an Epiphone. Because of the uh, headstock. Because of the headstock. I and did. I, I did own a Les Paul Junior for a minute. It was a P ninety Les Paul Junior, and it was fine. But like, I just actively like avoid them. Here's what I want to see. They've they've put a headstock on Epiphones now that's much closer to the Gibson headstock. Mm-hmm. It's different, but it's much closer. You want Gibson to put want the Epiphone. Gibson to do a Gibson Epiphone oh, headstock? Oh my god. <laughs> 
Here's what I want. Here's what I want is some like legacy uh, Epiphone artist. Do those exist? I don't know. But some artist who's still, you know, uh, guitar player in a band who's still playing Epiphones live. Right. Who Epiphone is like, hey, you've been playing our stuff for a really long time. We want to make a signature model. And for that player to be like, okay, you can make a signature model. But it has to be based on this Epiphone, you know, this 1997 right, right. Epiphone that I have. Oh, that's going to happen. And it needs this headstock. And that, it needs the throwback headstock. It's totally going to happen, but it's going to happen in about 15 years. That's when it's going to happen. Well, then the problem. And we'll still be podcasting. So here was my thought is it was going to be like a, uh, f- like one of the members of Fallout Boy. Sure. Signature Les Paul. There's a lot of people who play then, Epiphones on and stage. And then I thought, oh, that's kind of far away. And I said, no, another 50, like, because there's currently a, a nostalgia wave for that music. I think in another 15 years, it'll be like round two nostalgia wave for all that music. Third wave? The third nostalgia wave. <laughs> so that was really my only thing that I wanted to talk about. Otherwise, it's like, if someone bought it. You know, it yeah. looks like a functional guitar. It looks dusty and grimy and, and scratched up. But, like, if you ever wanted a Relic Les Paul, I mean, it, the, the job has started with this one. I feel like, I mean, for how for how messed up this is, there should be broken plastics. It, it's right. not authentic looking oh because all the plastics look uh, this is This is in that category of, of, you know, bones, basically, where, you know, you find a beat up, you find a beat up Stratocaster and you're like, well, I can refinish this. Like this is like, if, right. if you do hobbyist refinishing or, or more, you know, professional refinishing, this is the starter guitar for you. This yeah. is, you've already got everything you need to refinish this. I so. don't have a screen grab of it, but I almost ran out the door today to buy a $200 oh. Squire bullet, like a vintage Squire bullet. That was a fender dude. That was a fender. Yeah. Oh, damn it. They didn't. That's why like, Yeah. One of the ones with the metal pit guard, it was at some like pawn shop up north, like 30 minutes up north. And I, I called the shop and it had, a, I, I, I bring this up because it had a terrible refin on it. Oh, the awful refin. I would have not cared. I've been like, I finally got one of these things for 200 bucks. Yeah. Uh, man. But I, I called the, the shop that had it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you still have this thing? They're like, yeah, we do. But you know, someone already called and we're holding it for them. You should have been like, well, how much to take it off hold? Well, here's the thing. I I, I texted our buddy who lives up there, Adam, yeah. who who wrote the 60 Cycle Hum theme song that we right. use. Uh, he lives up there not far from the shop. And mm-hmm. I was like, if this thing wasn't already claimed, I was going to beg you to run out and go <laughs> get it for me. Like, go show up with 300 bucks. And, like, if you have to, like, rescue it, you know. Yeah, those thing. are, I looked them up on Reverb. And the, right now, the going rate on those looks like between 800 and $1,200. Yeah. I just, I want but, one for me. But, like, that refin is, I, when you first send it to me, I stared right. at it for, like, five minutes and I was like really confused, and then I realized the thing that I was confused about is that it's white, right? And they all—they looked like a rattle can white finish. Yeah, they made those in like Arctic white, like right. this, like your fake, uh, fake Hetfield over I here. We would have left the crappy paint job and embraced it too, you know? Oh, it was like cracking all over I the place. Know. but it was black guard. Oh, stop! I can only get so hard, Steve. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Keeping my hands above the table now. <laughs> All right, so we can move on now, 
Should we, uh, do you have anything else to say about this Epiphone? I don't. Should we make a drink? Uh, let's introduce the drink and then you can make it. And then I'm going to do housekeeping. So this is a drink that our buddy uh, Mel from Alameda Guitars mentioned on one of the videos I did with him. This is a $20 can of tab that Jason Welch paid for because he Mel mentioned this drink that he liked. It's made with tab and wild turkey. And tab has been out of production for a couple of years now. And I looked it up during the premiere of the video. I was like, ah, there's there's single cans on eBay for like 20 a bucks. Best buy date on this? <laughs> I don't think tab goes bad. December dude. 2020. Is that <laughs> is that the manufacturer date? You know, we're gonna a- find out that this drink tastes best with, with I know. expired tab. It's aged. And so Jason Welch super chatted 20 bucks and was like, make it happen. Yep. And at first I was like, ah, he's joking. And then I realized, no, he sent money. He's not joking. And so I ordered a $20 can of tab. I've never had a tab in my entire life. And I went and got some wild turkey. They really had to twist my arm to make that happen. While he's doing this, uh, this is also a thing that you kind of support through our Patreon at 60cyclehumcast.com uh, slash 60cyclehumcast. Like these folks too, at the $1 level. Eddie Van Halen? Eddie Van Halen? Eddie Van Halen. From the grave? It's Eddie Van Halen. Oh, he, Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van, he took out all the vowels. I think that's so he, we want to know who he is. Uh, Stuart Helm. Rudos One. Destructo. <laughs> all these names. At the $5 level, Jasmine Patry, Will, and Tony Nipper. And at the $10 level, Gerard Sellen. I don't know what he's selling, but... I'm happy to have you in uh, in the group. So I'm so, not doing any measuring here. I'm just going to eyeball it. Here we go. Uh, everything that comes in through Patreon, we use to support ourselves and this program. So I want to mention that I just recently did a video of that uh, Rondo XX yeah. uh, liquid. That was Patreon content. It was Patreon funded. I used Patreon funds to buy that guitar. There was no sponsorship involved. There was no money, no affiliate links with rondomusic.com or any other manufacturer. Did you mention that in the video? I did twice. That's, that's probably where all these people came Maybe. from. Oh, did we get a bunch of new ones recently? That's what I'm saying. This is all pretty, pretty recent, I think. Well, cheers to those people and cheers to Jason Welch and Mel for suggesting this drink. We'll find out if it's any good. But if you want to see more of that, if you want to see me buying stuff and having no you know, dirty corporate money soil my opinions <laughs> that are the same no matter what because I just do my job, then think about the Patreon. All right, let's try this on the count of three. One, two, Wait, hold three. on. This is called a TNT, uh, wait, is it like according to Mel. On, th- on three or it's on, on go? Wait, ready, get, set, go, drink, right. Now. I feel like it just tastes like a whiskey and some sort of cola. It does have a unique flavor. What does tab taste like on its own? We're doing a 60 cycle yum right now. It tastes like a Diet Coke. (laughs) It's not. It's not anything special or different. This tastes like my 
granddad's breath when I was a child oh and, and he was an alcoholic. Jeez, <laughs> man. Rest in peace, Russ McJunkin. We miss you. <laughs> he he got cleaned up. You know, he uh, he got an AA and stuff like that, but <clears throat> the taste of that is the smell of my granddad. That took a turn, I feel like. Hey, I'm having all sorts of nostalgia today, apparently. Hey, did we get any packages this week? Nope. That's interesting. Well, I got the tab. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hmm. I'm glad I tried it. I do want to mention, though, Mel called it a TNT because, you know, tab and turkey. Tab and turkey. Turkey But when and I tab. looked up TNT cocktails on the internet, it was all tequila and tonic. So I couldn't find any examples online of people mentioning this particular combination. And when I looked up wild turkey tab... I got a bunch of uh, guitar <laughs> charts <laughs> for apparently a song called like Run, Run with the Wild Turkey. I think it was like Jerry Donahue or something. Classic. Like one of these chicken picking you know kind of guys. They should bring back Tab Cola just for the guitars and it should come with tabs oh on the gosh. can. It should have tabs on the can. Why doesn't it have tabs on the can? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start our own cola company called Tabs. And it's going to have tabs on the can and you can learn riffs from your can and it'll you know every every year it'll be like 200 new riffs right. that you can learn right. you know? uh, around christmas it's just odd lang sign and uh yeah the christmas green, green sleeves the christmas cans have christmas music on it and then fourth there's a fourth of july one that has uh the star spangled banner and it has uh, this land is my land. We make a single commemorative can for Henning, and that gets us canceled. <laughs> How dare you support German YouTubers with your cola? <laughs> it was we one would, can. No, we <laughs> we we would be, do a Pride Month can, and have the best sales ever. <laughs> Finally, people would find out about our stupid soda. And we, we would do that. And then five, in like 10 years from now, there's just a wave of like just the best gay rock bands ever. <laughs> this is the topic. This is the best topic we've had on this show in, in probably like four years. <laughs> Tabs Cola. We gotta get uh, we gotta get chips in on that. Tabs oh, that's cola. a good one. We're gonna get to hang out with that guy at Sweetwater. Is he gonna be a Sweetwater? He's gonna be a Sweetwater. Yeah, he's gonna be a Sweetwater. He's gonna be a Sweetwater. All right, let's keep going. We're getting into the turkey. Things are getting wild. Things are getting wild. When you get into the turkey, things get wild. There you go, wild turkey. You can borrow that. Pay me royalties. I'm All right, s- what I'm are we doing next? Him, I'm sending him a message. <laughs> Tabs Cola. There you go. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to let him run with it. Yeah. He probably gets suggestions all day long. Yeah, but not from us. He knows when we send I've them, they're se- good. <laughs> I've sent him a couple, and he did know, one of them. I know. I know. And there's one he hasn't done, and I'm a little bit upset about it. <laughs> not upset enough to do it on my own, because I know how much work is involved with all that like fancy, fancy Photoshopping that he does. But maybe someday I'll do it on my own. Just saying. That's a threat, Chibson. Oh, we need to do a thing. Let's do the uh, thing. We need to talk about mood. I'm in a good mood. How about you, Steve? I'm uh, always in a mood. When you've got your mood by Chase Bliss Audio. 
which you're holding in your hand right now. Hey, Steve, that's not your mood. That's my mood. That's your that mood's at home. <laughs> this is the corniest sponsorship ever. If you want to get in a mood, you need to head on over to chaseplus.com. You can fit so many moves in this bad boy. We're rowdy today. Oh, man. <laughs> What's the mood do? You want to tell us about the mood? Uh, the mood is like a granular delay, reverb, looper, noise-making, ambient, vent licks that you didn't even play machine. Are you impressed by my description? Are you curious? Go watch some videos. Learn something. But don't watch Ryan's video. I don't have one yet. I have one for the original mood. I don't have one for the new mood. I'm getting around to it. I bought this. I'm going to do it on my own time. I'll do it someday as a surprise. This episode is also brought to you by Beer Pedals. Episode. We're all talking funny. This is the loaf. That's the loaf. Made by Big Ear Audio. I feel like a loaf is Big Ear Pedals, not Big Ear Audio. Big Ear Pedals. Chase Bliss has the audio. Big Ear has the pedals. Big Ear has, I think, a few pedals in stock right now. Maybe not loafs. They tend to build in batches. If you want to find out when batches are released, you need to get on that mailing list. So head on over to BigEarPedals.com. Get on their mailing list so you can find out when a super cool (laughs) medium gain fuzz like the loaf comes out This is our best episode in a long time. All right. Grant and Karen. It's not over. Grant and Karen say that loaf is the word used to describe when... When bunny rabbits do the super cute thing where they bundle up into a little loaf and they're so just so adorable. I think it stands for low AF because I think this is an excellent fuzz for low strong instruments like your basses and your baritones and stuff like that. All right. Now we're free, Steve. Now we can continue the podcast. This next ad is called Gold Record Strat. Mm-hmm. Is it a Strat? Is it a Gold Record? I don't know. Well, it's, gold record it's, strat. It has a gold record on it, Steve, and it appears to be a strat, even though and they must have taken a picture in a mirror because it looks backwards. The shell pink, uh, the shell pink Stratocaster relic. Does anything look better than pink and gold? A bunch of stuff. Golden Jimi Hendrix LP record replica pit guard. Heavy body relic. Lefty body shape. Can be fit, configured as right-handed guitar upon request. Reverse headstock, all black hardware, SSS pickup with Geppetto custom strat pickups, gold finish pickup covers, neck is maple, darkened with walnut nitro for darkened age look. Hardtail bridge for maximum tuning stability. Does not come with strap in photo. Leather strap can be added upon a request as an add-on. Let's look at this. Oh, that's interesting. So it's a lefty, it's like reverse strung. You know, I'm not convinced it's lefty. Like you see a bunch of books behind it, and I'm pretty sure all those books are printed in reverse as well. Like oh, I think this person okay. just has a thing for uh, fake lefty gear, and they, you know, this is like the dumbest take you've ever had. <laughs> the re- okay. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because I actually think it looks really cool, and I've I've actually not been a fan of like the vinyl record pit guard thing. And like the the license plate pit guard cover thing and stuff like that. But that gold record on a relic pink mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. and the dark wood underneath the relic, it's doing it for me. Like, I really like this look. The only part of this that I don't like is the black bridge. Like, 
Like the the black bridge seems out of place. I'm not. It, it throws. It needs it for like me. some kind of aged brass bridge. And I get that. Like the headstock has black tuners, so it's all matchy yeah. matchy. But no relic with a gold record pickguard. I think the I relicking want, is too much. I want. I want aged nickel. You know, like on this, or I. I just want your standard. Uh, chrome hardware that's got the pitting and the green on it and stuff like that. Yeah, the relic is too far. This is not a natural relic. This is not an authentic relic, but I still like the look of it. I don't care that it's too far. It's it's a concept piece, you know? No, it's too much. You're, you're wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Uh, this is the episode where Steve decides I'm wrong on everything. I can't, I'm not saying it could not have been like relic. I think the relic idea is there this is just like it's a chunky relic this is too much relic i know what you're saying steve uh the people at home do you think it's too much relic the screw choice for the uh neck plate is odd um but when i just heard the name of this i thought i thought of who all right we're gonna get picky about the screw choice on the neck plate they're like the wrong ones anyway uh what hold on I just got a news break. It is weird that it is like a gold or brass neck plate when there's no other gold or brass yeah. hardware. Uh, this is gold record strat, right? What's the news, Steve? So who's this? Uh, the news is from NBC Palm Springs. Uh, okay, good. That's not my grocery store. <laughs> SUV crashes through front of Menifee Supermarket. Oh, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't my supermarket. Okay, this <laughs> is important stuff in the middle of a is. podcast. Um, you know who this guitar is for? Who is it for? Bruce Dickinson. You know the difference between you and Bruce Dickinson? He ma- he wakes up in the morning, makes gold records. Exactly. Yeah. No, I the gold record thing puts it over the top. Like it's, it, it's a really it works. When I I did not look at this before just reading the description. Mm-hmm. This looks a thousand times better than what I imagined in my head. I would play this even though it's backwards. Like I'd, I'd pick it up and I'd, I'd Jimi Hendrix it backwards. Like who cares? It looks cool. I you, love the I I you know gold and pink look fantastic together, and it, this time it's a gold record and it looks wonderful. You, I even like the center label. You wouldn't just play that? Would you play this right handed? I would. I wouldn't learn how to play left handed, Steve, just to play this guitar. I'd play it right handed, just like Jimmy. Yeah, but upside down. Yeah. Well, that's what Jimmy did. He played a uh, right. He played a right handed as an upside down left handed. I'd play a left handed as an upside down right handed. Exactly. And then all the lefties would get pissed at me. Like, how dare he take another left-handed guitar off the market that should have gone to a lefty? Should have given that guitar to a lefty. Yeah, I am a lefty, just not on guitar, guys. Sorry. Uh, what do you think about the price? 2500 bucks. Steve. Oh, that's the price? That's the price. Why did I not see this price before? Well, I don't know. Right there. I mean, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to throw two twenty five hundred dollars at this thing, but it gives me ideas. That's a little steep, but I guess it sounds like a lot of like this is a largely custom work. So it's like the, I understand where that calculus comes from to get to that number, but sure, that's a no for me. Oh, so Geppetto's Guild. I didn't realize that we follow we follow them on a. On Instagram. Oh, we do? Yeah. Good thing we didn't trash talk it. <laughs> He'd be trash talking one of our friends. I really like the look. Geppetto's Guild built it. I follow them on Instagram. What else do you need to know 
buy three of them. <laughs> I didn't even look at the headstock. <laughs> I'm looking at other Geppetto's Guild builds. Mm-hmm. The Weezer album fretboard. He did a Weezer album fretboard. I wonder if I've actually seen this pop up on Instagram now. Okay. Sorry. Just wanted to look. 2500 bucks. The price is the price. I'm not going to buy it. Maybe you will. I, if it sells eventually, like Geppetto's Guild makes a bunch of stuff, so they probably know how to price things. They probably yeah. know what the value is. It is what it is. What do you guys think? Tell us in the in the comment section. I want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Ryan, what's new? A bunch of stuff is new. I'm. Uh, I just finished uh, the flyer for the first Dinosaur Go show in five, six years, something like that. We're going to play down mm-hmm. in Ocean Beach. I'll put the flyer up here, and I'll put a link in the description to Wow, that show looks information. so good. I know. Isn't it cool, Steve? That's awesome. I isn't love how amazing? you did that thing with the art. I actually have... Here, look, I'll show you the... I'll show you <laughs> the actual flyer. <laughs> okay, Steve. You are going to think the art is cool. Oh, that is cool. And I, I, as soon as you moved it over, it tried to send it to me. Oh. <laughs> it's got skeletons on there, and it's got surfing on there, and it's got text on there. All, all, all those skeletons are themed with the names of the bands. I it is. Like. It's themed after members of the bands. Yeah. Uh, so it's not only my return to playing shows with return? a new Dinosaur Ghost so show. So your return to making band posters? It's a return to illustrating graphic design, I guess, because I haven't done that in... So long, other than doing thumbnails and video editing for this stuff, you know, that's technically graphic design, but I haven't done an illustration in so long. And it felt good. Mm -hmm. It felt really good. It was requested by one of the other bands, the band organizing it. Like, hey, can you you make a flyer? And, you know, if it's cool, then we could, like, print it and, like, sell it and stuff. I was like, yes, I want to do this. Let's do this. So I spent way too much time doing it. I probably threw, like, seven hours into making that damn flyer. I don't know if that's a lot or not, but it sounds like it's a lot. It was a lot. It's more than I would normally spend. Because normally for a show flyer, I would just Photoshop some nonsense together. And, you know, I actually did the illustrating. I did, you know, it was, it was, you know, electronic pen on tablet, but it was still hand skill drawn. Yeah. You know, no, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, getting all ready for Dinosaur Ghost. You can see there's a new mask uh, behind me here. That's a new mask. I need to make two more of these. I've gotten, this is the Mark IV version of the Dinosaur Ghost mask. Dang. Lift that up, Steve. Does that feel light or heavy to you? Oh, it feels very light, Ryan. This is. This is incredible space age material. No, it is. It's it's exactly half the weight of the previous two Dinosaur Ghost masks. What I remember about the previous ones is if you were to grab it like this, they would like fall forward. Like the, the helmet, whatever piece I feel like doesn't actually support the weight of the thing. Are these other ver- other versions? So I don't have the first version uh, because uh, mine got stolen at a show, <laughs> and it Dang. was it was made out of chicken wire and white duct tape. And then I made the second version, which is made out of spray foam and plastic mesh. Mm-hmm. And this thing weighs about twice as much as that. It's it's just over a pound. Yeah, geez. And then I guess it, oh yeah, there it kind of like leans on its own. And we had a member move who couldn't be in the band anymore. It was like I'm sending your mask home with you. Like you, that is your mask. 
And then I made the second versions and these are made out of that black mesh again and melted grocery store bags and hot glue. And somehow they ended up being similar weight to the version two. This is made, uh, our, our friend Cassidy turned me on to the materials with this. It's materials that like uh, uh, cosplayers use to make armor and stuff like that. It's foam underneath mm -hmm. as the structure. And then there's this foam clay that you can just mold and make all your shapes and cut into it and stuff. And it air dries to be really robust and really flexible. And so this is that foam, that clay foam. And then underneath the clay foam, I've got wires so that I can make it moldable if I want to make adjustments and stuff like that. Even like the teeth are adjustable with oh, wires cool. underneath them. So it's not going to, like it can, uh, it can suffer some damage and then get reformed. But I'm really super stoked. I need to make two more of those before the show because the show is two or three weeks away, something like that. So there's time, but I'm excited. I should I should start spending some time practicing instead of yeah. arts, instead of arts and crafts. Practice. <laughs> so that's what's new with me. What about you? You Steve? come on this podcast to talk about practice. Anything new with you? Yeah, I got two new guitar pedals. Actually, I got four new guitar pedals. Holy got, hell, Steve! Uh, two that I'm going to talk about. Okay, what two are you going to talk about? I got the uh, Gear Ant Cicada. Mm. It's a Phaser Fuzz. It's pretty gnarly. Nice. Um, there's a, the fuzz is like real loud, like surprisingly loud. Like, does it go like, yeah, it definitely does the burr. Yeah. And then because it's a phaser, the phaser has a depth and rate. So it'll go like really fast and can it go really when, slow too? When you, it'll also go really slow, but when, Holy it's, hell. when it's going I'm really sold. fast and fuzz, it sounds like lasers. It's really, that's why, I, that's why I bought it. Uh, William Bennett. I forget what his Instagram is, but there's a YouTuber, William Bennett. Um, who uh, did a demo of it. That's really cool. Mm. He does these really fun demos on Instagram where he just does like, it's called like, I think three sounds. Oh, um, I'll find a link. I like that. Uh, let me make a note. I Will keep trying to talk myself into doing gas and goes link. again. Yeah. He basically just does three sounds. So he's got like a loop yeah. going. And so he's kind of like making a song and then it'll be like the verse sound and then the chorus sound. And then like the guitar, the guitar solo sound or something. I need to do that. I need, just I need to do pedal. the. I need to do the loop thing and just twist knobs, you know, and yeah. do like do, like TikTok real, you know, Facebook shorts and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, uh, and then the other pedal I got was the 1981 LVL. Oh, cool! How's which, that? Uh, I really like. It's a good like. It's described as a full range overdrive. I don't know what full range is supposed to mean. It means it gives you the entire range. Oh, Steve. okay. Well, it definitely gives me the whole range. Come on, figure uh, it out. At like nine o'clock at the like the gain at nine, it's AM like, or PM. Uh, PM. Okay. Uh, it's mostly like boosting, uh, but as you turn that up, it gets a little dirtier and a little dirtier, and with it's all the way up. It's like I would say there's probably like an overlap between like that at. 12 at like full bore is maybe like 10 o'clock on the DRV. Like, mm. so it kind of starts to get into that like real dirt territory. Uh, it gets pretty loud and uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I think mm. it's a really good pedal. I'm well, glad I got it. Bring it over sometime and I'll I check need, it out. I need to bring it over. Bring it over. I meant Steve. to bring it over today. Dude, I ran out of my house so fast this morning. 
Um, How fast are you going? I, for, I forgot all of my podcasts, oh. so I'm doing this on a piece of paper. Uh, he doesn't have his special magic notebook. You're going to have to staple that into the book. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Probably use, I'll probably tape it. Okay. Uh, maybe staples. Glue staples it. Work. Glue it. Um, but what I was going to say is, oh, so the other thing is I found finally found my honey picks. <laughs> only took a, only took almost a year. Well, didn't you have a move in the middle of that? Yeah, so okay. I, we packed them up, and then I don't know what box I put them in. And then finally, it's funny. We're finally clear. We're we. I shouldn't say we're finally. You cleaning don't keep out. them in a glass display case as your prize oh possession. Oh my god, Snarky's gonna like ride, ride, like blow me up on that comment because I told him I keep them in a jar on my desk, so I know right up where they are. Just like you have this pile of picks. Right yeah, here. yeah. I've got a jar that's full of picks, and the ones that I want, I actually have a jar full of picks. It's picks, and then an Albie sticker, uh-huh. and then my honey picture on top of that. Like the picks so that it's I like want. a lasagna. It's like so, a pick yeah, lasagna. Yeah, so, but like the sticker is so the picks that I want to use don't get mixed up with the picks underneath. And Snarky goes like, no, you need a display case for your picks. <laughs> I didn't even see this comment. Like I did, I arrived on it no, all this, by myself. Yeah, and so he's like, no, you need a display. And then he sends me a picture of his display case. Oh, he has he one. Has, he has a display case. It's like a little case that you would use for like displaying thimbles or shot okay, glasses okay, or okay. whatever. Um. And so he's like, yeah, you need a display case like this. Like you put it up, up on, put it up on your wall and then like, it'll be in the background when you do live streams and whatever. And I'm like, nah, I just keep him in a jar on my desk. And he was like offended. <laughs> he wasn't really offended, you know, but, uh, but it was just funny. Uh, but yeah, they got boxed up when we moved and I, I couldn't remember what box they were in. And so we finally got to the box that they were in and Melissa pulled it out and she pulled out one of the, um, my favorite shape is called, I think the honey, it's called the honey jar shape and it's an asymmetrical pick. Oh, okay. So it's like, if you, I mean, I can't even describe it, but it's asymmetrical. You couldn't even describe can't it even if describe you wanted it. to. I couldn't draw it. It's indescribable. It's basically like, I'm okay. I'm going to try to describe it. It's like if you took the pick here and you skewed it, but then like you took this part out. See, I'm not oh, describing it. All right. Go to com. Okay. Look at them. Anyway, that's the shape. Look at him. But He's right. because it's not a standard guitar pick shape, my wife pulled it out and was like, what is this thing? Like, what's How, all, What's this plastic? Like, Steve, would you like to explain this to me? Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's shiny. It's intentional. It doesn't look broken. It's she's like, But she's like, what is this? I was like, and I just was like, you found them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank she, God. I'm like, I've been looking for those for months. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Finally, I can play again. And then I made dinner. Mm. To celebrate? Or just because yeah. you were hungry? No, I was hungry. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's all my what's new, I guess. Good what's new, Steve. Yeah. You ready to do another ad? Well, another sponsor spot? Yeah, we can do the sponsor spot. Ryan, and then we'll do I got the, a question the about this. Um, I don't know if this is going to show up there. Yeah, it kind of does. There's a watermark on this box of strings right here. That Where? It kind of looks like a dick. It's not a watermark as in it's printed. It's like water actually dripped on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. It looks. It like- is a little dicky, Steve. Let's uh, let's take a photo of that for when I edit the video and I can, you know, so people can see what we're working with here. You know, this this is not a reflection on Stringjoy the company, but yes, a drop of water has landed on this Stringjoy package, forming the shape. Of uh, forming a suggestive shape, we'll just say it's that. probably from me. It's probably from because I'm always drinking. Over is here. that your is that your drip, Steve? That's my drip. 
Do these strings drip? Well, yeah, if you have the right reverb, but they can also be dripped upon. Yeah. Apparently, is this a this is a bad sponsorship? Like this is not. Hey, I'm let's so, start all over. Let's okay, start all over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Stringjoy. I'm sorry that we went down this road, but numbers don't lie, and you guys have been buying Stringjoy with our links. So keep it up, and we'll continue having a Stringjoy sponsorship, and we keep can, can keep getting these strings that I actually really like using. I just yeah. ordered a bunch more of the ten and a half coated. Steve I want, saw I want, the email. Uh, I want those ten and a halfs for my Les Paul. There you go. I think my Les Paul needs to go a little heavier than a ten. A ten and a half could be perfect. Plus, it's coated, and my Les Paul, for whatever reason, uh, wants to rust in its case. So <laughs> I saw you post about that. That could be good. That it, could be a good thing. It that's that's just the uh, the tone salt leaking out. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Somebody said that it's because. Well, it doesn't matter. I think the string joy strings are going to fix that. Also, if I play it more, that will also fix that. You know, these I, strings are crafted in Nashville, Tennessee. They're played on stages worldwide. Use the link below. Use code H U M for ten percent off. Go buy strings. I'm going to say, uh, as, as a final thing, talking about the yeah. string joy strings, uh, I don't know thing. if I've published it yet. Probably not. But I filmed another video with the, the, SS, the SX Liquid, mm -hmm. and I swapped strings on it, and I swapped the vibrato. Spoiler alert. And I swapped on the, uh, the 11 to 50 set, the surf set yeah. that I ordered. I thought that I was going to have to change pickups on that guitar to get twang. Mm. All I needed to do was change strings. The moment I, I strung it up and tuned it up, I was like, oh! It just needed... Do you think it's because they're fresh strings or there's, heavier strings? There's the twang. It's It sounds like steel cables now. Just twang. You know? Very cool. <laughs> I think it was because I went heavier and because they're obviously newer and also like... It's a two hundred dollar guitar. I'm sure they're using bottom barrel strings on there, and it was it was a very definite, immediate difference in the sound of that guitar just with a string change. So, I can't say that's all string joy. Maybe it's just the gauge. Maybe there is a little string joy magic. I don't know, but it's a it was a big change. All right, let's move on, Steve. Topic. This topic was sent by a person. I'll tell you which person. Won't be a mystery. Mason Henry Summers, who is a top contributor Ooh. to our Facebook group. If you want to be a top contributor, you have to get over there on the Facebook group and you have to dethrone Mason Henry Summers, who asks, are we all just polishing the brass on the Titanic? We were supposed to add everyone for everything on this episode and we forgot. Our guitars and gear will likely outlive us. Does that freak us out? <laughs> So I like the first part of the question, and then it gets existential, and I really like that part of it. Some of our guitars will not outlive us. Some yeah. of them, I some of them are not going to survive. You know, well, our is, children inheriting them and things like that. What is the us here? Like, are you saying like, is it going to survive humanity? Is it going to survive the individual owners? There is a possibility our guitars will outlive humanity. <laughs> you know, that can happen anytime. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the the apocalypse, it could be right around the corner. As far as could we you know. imagine? Okay, like I can, Steve. This, you are you survive mm -hmm. uh, World War Three. You're in the post atomic horror. I wouldn't. I would die right uh, away. But yes, go on. You're in the post atomic horror. You're trying to make your way to Bozeman, Montana, to meet up with yeah, uh, like the survivor cult, uh, or Zephyr Cochran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zephram Cochran. Right, sorry. right. Inventor you're, of the warp drive. You're on your way. You're on your way. And uh, 
and you go to like you're in um uh, you're going you're going north and you find this house and you're like wow this house yeah. is intact i'm so happy i survived the genetic wars yeah. and now i'm on the way to meet this guy yeah and uh and you go inside the house and it's just like full of pristine guitars like there's no sign of life right but there's just all of these guitars that like except for the fact that the strings are all rusted because they've just been sitting there out in the open forever there's like they're otherwise in pristine condition right right that's it that's the story that's just the ima- story just, just imagine, imagine it. it just imagine, just imagine it. guys just imagine that yeah what would that be like oh here's some guitars but then you're like wait a second I gotta. I, I'm pretty sure. I need to make it to Bozeman, Montana, because I want to be there. And when you get to Bozeman, Montana, uh, you're attacked by uh, a alien cybernetic race. Hmm. Uh, so their combination of uh, biological yes. and cyborg parts. Right, right. A cybernetic a, organism. A cybernetic mm, organism. Interesting. Okay. Uh, or Borg for short. Hmm. Um, but you, you've defend Zephyrm Cochran and ride in his now imagine ship. imagine a different scenario where you're uh you're 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 wandering across the wasteland Steve yeah you're trying to get to New Vegas to oh, become yeah. the new king of rock and the roll the new king of rock and roll and uh along the way of course you end up uh, reluctantly adopting a young wasteland child who can't speak in words, they just scream, and you're wandering the desert with your great big Gretsch hollow body, sliding down sand dunes with it, battling various gangs of, of, Russians. of guitar ruffians with your samurai sword. That's yeah. also a possible post-apocalyptic situation. And that, situation, and that situation actually has guitars in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> back to the question, though. Does it feel, do we have any feelings about the fact that many of our guitars will likely outlive us? Like many of the guitars that are vintage now that still mm-hmm. exist, mm-hmm. they have outlived a lot of they've, other guitars. They've out, and they've outlived their owners. A lot of them have yeah, outlived often. their owners or are about to outlive yeah. their original yeah. owners. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to get a little bit grim and dark there, but you're going to die. Well, we're all going to die. And if you... Bought a guitar brand new in the 50s or 60s. It's coming up. I'm sorry I'm, to bum you out. I'm not going to say that uh, I can 100% guarantee my guitars won't outlive me, but I do think that once I get old enough, mm. uh, or once I, enough, once I get so old that I can no longer like play my guitars because they're almost too heavy for me to lift, I'm just going to smash them all. <laughs> I'm going to use that last that last ounce of energy that I have <laughs> to smash every single guitar that I own. Super old Steve. Super, super cranky Steve. <laughs> super senile Steve. <laughs> I'd like to think that when I'm at that point where I'm just like, screw these guitars, I'm too old. Mm-hmm. I, it'll be beyond the point where I even have the strength to lift them over my head anymore. But I am going to get such a kick out of, like, just, you know, like bring my grandkids over here. Grandkids, pick a guitar. Mm. Feel free mm. to smash it. <laughs> yes. Feel free to smash yes, it. Yes, right into the wall. I won't be living here for long. Put a hole in the wall. <laughs> I love it. 
Oh, you smashed it good. These items are worthless. No one's cared about guitar in 40 years. Go ahead, burn it in the fireplace. Look at it go. Wait, hold on. Based on what I would think your life expectancy would be, that means no one cares about guitars right now. <laughs> no one's cared about guitars for about 20 years. <laughs> You're only going to live to 60? I was giving you like at least 80. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up cave diving in my old age, and it's not going to work out. <laughs> I, I do think, though, like there's, there's probably, you know, some future point. When where... do you think you're going to die, Steve? I don't know how I've made it this far. Okay, continue your, your thought. Um, I I uh, I'm probably gonna die on my way to drive home from this recording. Oh. I won't make it to Gear Fest. <laughs> <laughs> We've got one more episode tonight, and we barely had any booze. I don't feel it no. at all. I feel the tab more than the booze. I've just been real. T- I haven't been sleeping well lately. Um, <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah, I've been sleeping. I just wake up tired. Right, right. Anyway. Um, what was your point? <laughs> I, I like to think that maybe at some point, um, I and I guess it depends. No, no, I, I'd like to think at some point that it may be in my 60s or 70s or whatever um, that I kind of just pick a guitar mm. and just sell everything else. And get whatever it's worth at that time. I mean, I figure like, okay, it's 2023. It sure is. I'm 39 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the record now. So if I say like 30 years, nice. When I'm 69 years old, uh, I decide like, you know what? I am just a guitar style X kind of a guy. Um, in another 30 years, like right now, my Jags thing is probably worth 700, a thousand bucks. It's probably worth, you know, three, $4,000 now, maybe more. It's super vintage, right? It's 40 years old or it's already almost 30 years old. So another 30 years, it'll be like 60 years old. Uh, you know, my Les Paul will be like same thing, like 40, 50 years old. Like everything that I own, if I still own it, is going to be like pretty vintage, hopefully collectible, hopefully continuing to at least match inflation for value, right? So maybe that's one of those things where I just sell off all these guitars because I got to pay for my health insurance. Yeah. Or everything's all taken care of because we live in a post-scarcity utopia. Yeah. And you just donate everything to the music museum and uh, that earns you extra rank in our social credits. But but I mean, like, there there is like a certain perspective of it where when, when I think about it and I see these like listings where it's like, Oh, family member died. Here's all these guitars or whatever. Like that is a rough burden. And I feel like I just want to get to a point or like maybe with my kids or whatever and be like, Hey, I'm only going to keep one guitar and to give to you kids. I don't know if, if we were going to have that, con- if I was going to have that conversation with my kids, I'd be like, pick the ones you want. It wouldn't be one. No. Like they might not even care. He might not even care. I'm booking on my, I'm banking on my kids not caring. <laughs> uh, and so that's why I'm like, I think they'd just rather have the cash. You know, like, so they can buy candy and, you know, Barbies or whatever kids are into these days. I have this existential uh, thought every now and then where like there's, you know, I've been self-employed for quite a while, mm-hmm. but every company that I've ever worked for 
Mm-hmm. No longer exists. Yeesh. I worked for Lucky's, the grocery store. Uh-huh. Got bought by Albertsons. Mm-hmm. The Albertsons that I worked with got got closed down and turned into a Smart and Final. So that's gone. I mean, mm-hmm. Albertsons still exists, but, you know, that store doesn't. Right. Uh, I worked for this print shop. Okay. Closed down. Doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I worked for this T-shirt shop, which was a huge T-shirt company that sold to all the department stores mm-hmm. and had huge licenses and stuff like that. And like I was And doesn't exist. I was making Nissan and Family Guy and Sonic the Hedgehog shirts and Dang. stuff like that. Big licenses no longer exists. And sometimes I look back at, you know, this, this professional history that I have and these companies that I work for go like, you worked for, I stock, I, you worked for iStock photo got bought out by Getty. Yeah. But they, they faded into like not really mattering as much anymore. Uh, I still get a check every now and then. Uh, I've outlived these organizations, these companies mm-hmm. that while I worked for them felt like they were, so much bigger and more significant than me as an individual, but I beat them. It's weird to think in a reverse existential sort of dread sort of way. Oh, Hey, this, uh, this $200 Harley Benton that I have is going to probably last 150 years. And and some hipster in the 22nd century is going to be using it in their indie band just because it's old and quirky, you know? And it's gonna it's gonna be worth you never know you know like six billion dilithium credits, <laughs> and I'll be not I'll be nothing. The new world peso. No, no, there will be no memory of me. There'll be you know it will all be insignificant by that time. Mm-hmm. All the big rock stars and celebrities of this time will all be forgotten. Let alone the the weird niche. Little YouTube we need people. To, we need to find, we need to make one video that like has the, goes viral and then has the power to just like every 10 or so years, somebody finds it and it goes viral again. So in like 150 years, people are going to be like, oh man. Are you talking about a bicentennial meme? Is that a thing? <laughs> no, I just made it up. Like a meme that like is, is or a piece of content that is guaranteed to survive for 200 I'm, years. I'm, like, obviously, like it's, it's almost an impossibility because the things that we thought were funny, you know, the, the e-bombs world kind of stuff and whatever, you know, you show that to 17 year olds now, or even, you know, whatever, like 20 year olds now. And they're like, this is stupid. Right. Right. So, well, they can't even really, follow what's going on because it's in like <laughs> like 480 resolution well, that's been that, resaved that it's because we're not and recompressed 60 times it's, and because we don't say things like all facts no printer for real for real on god i never busting. i never said that exactly and that's why they don't understand old viral videos because nobody mm. said that no one yeah that's why, right? That, Am what? I making fun of young people? No cap for real. Is that? I don't know how. I, th- I, I think, don't know the correct usage I of think no you cap. You did it right. You did it. I don't right. know the correct usage. I just no cap. threw that out there. Cap is like a lie. A like cap is a lie. A cap is a lie. So it's no lie for real. Yeah, it's like right. no lie for real. What is, why is cap a lie? I don't know. I need. I don't. I don't actually care enough to look into it. Tell us in the comments section. Yeah. Uh, 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 Zoomers. Let us know if you think this podcast was straight bussing. <laughs> is this podcast street bussing? 
I have I I had an opportunity. Okay, let me let me okay, say, okay, let me okay, let me okay, no okay. let me say this real quick. I'll hold my thought. Let me say this real quick. I think Zoomer lingo is hilarious. Oh, it's lit, and, and I love it. I love it. I'm I, about I, to get to this. I hold no ill will. I don't, you know, I, just like I, I talk to people who live in places that aren't Southern California who are completely confused by the fact that I call everything dude and I say rad about 15 times a day. And right. they're just like, nobody ever said that here, even when it was appropriate 90s language. They were like, that was the thing from the movie. We never actually said right, it. Right. Why are you living inside Encino, yeah. man? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Things are rad, dude. Yeah. Sick, so I, sick. I had sick. I had an opportunity uh, a, a, a week or so back where I was socializing mm-hmm. with a group of, I assume, elder Gen Xers. Okay. So they're moving into the boomer stage of their life where they were they were legitimately cl- like complaining about kids these days. Okay, expand and like expand this image for me. Where where were you? What was the I was at a baby shower. Okay. Okay. Um and so they started complaining about it was like it was like a meme being read to me. They were talking about drinking from the garden hose. And when the light, when the street lights came on, oh. so like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. This was the conversation. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is the actual thing. I'm here living it. This is interesting. And I was like soaking it up. It's like mm-hmm. a cultural studies sort of thing. And what I noticed and what I started to realize is that the older generations, when they talk about young people slang, mm-hmm. And I remember this from when I was a teen, like older generations are legitimately antagonistic towards young people's slang, where I really feel like uh, me as an elder millennial on the edge of Gen X and you as a full-fledged millennial, mm-hmm. we're middle-aged now. We have yeah, kids. Unfortunately. We, we, you know, all our friends are around the same age as us. And the vibe that I get from us, from our generation, is that... While we don't get the new slang, like it's it's foreign to us, mm-hmm. we're entertained by it. We think it's cute. We think it's whimsical. Yeah, we're like we're not down at like oh what are they even saying? Like I don't understand what half the stuff they're saying. No, we're like <laughs> that's great. That's a fun one. You know. You know. This is this is how it is for me. I'm I think not, that's the cultural divide, I'm not, though. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say why I think maybe this is. I think maybe this is a being a product of the internet age. Really not even being a product of the internet age, but being a product of like Google. And I've heard like Zoomers don't have this. I don't know if it's true. Google? They obviously they have access to Google, but like I know like at least my kid, maybe she's doing it more now, but she will come to me and be like, oh, my computer's doing this weird thing. Can you fix it? I'm just like, here's what I'm going to do, dude. I'm going to go on Google and I'm going to describe the problem. and It's going to tell me how to fix it. And I don't know if she's just, I mean, she's also 13, so maybe she's just not there yet. But what I have found for me is that all of the new slang that I see, I Google it, right? Because I want out. because I want to know what it means, and so it's like, to it's it's continuing to fuel my personal like thirst for knowledge, even if it's weird, like weird esoteric, like whatever. Like it's I'm learning about a new thing. I'm learning, right? It, and it's like being a a very very nerdy like sci-fi way of thinking about it is it's like doing 
an anthropological study in real time. Do you think that because we have that quick access to knowledge and we can find out quickly what slang means, that that pushes the younger generations into more and more nonsensical versions of slang? Where it's like, what? Um, how is that even a word? What does that make sense? Because it, it that keeps it obscure in a secret code just a little bit longer. Where like when 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 I was a, a young teen, it was like we were calling things bad as a way right. of saying it was good, and it was easy to figure out like, oh, it's you know, it's a sarcastic remark. Like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Oh, that's totally bad, but like in a good way. Like I I think there's a couple different things. One is is it's easy to figure out that connection quickly. It's I, harder to figure out like, oh, the, no cap for real. Like what? Like what is what do those words mean? Yeah, I don't know what the cap. I, I think it's short for. Something. No capacity for, you know what? This is why I keep Urban Dictionary on my sure, phone. Sure, sure. After this, Cap. we should get into the last ad in the song and whatnot. The word lying, but built different. <laughs> That's so Zoomer. I love it. It's just built. It's just, it's that same word. It's just built different. I love that rationale. See, that's what I, I it's charming to me. Like, it's almost like. We've circled back around to like flapper culture with the Zoomers, <laughs> you know, culture. like this, this very like kind of like flamboyantly okay. silly way of going about so, lingo. So this is a thing. This is actually interesting. This is from Reddit. It's in a private community that I don't have access to, but that private community is r slash etymology. But apparently according to this, uh, the cap, the word cap is, has to do with, and this is what, what I suspected. So I think something we have a lot quicker access to now is AAVE, which is African-American uh, vernacular. vernacular English. Yeah. Uh, so this is saying the term cap is from, is taken from Atlanta area hip hop. This is actually on dictionary.com from 2019. Wow. And that it says these terms appear to be rooted in the sense of cap as the top or upper limit. So if you're saying capacity, like, if you're saying no, well, it's also There's like capacity, or it's Steve. also like that is yeah, it's the maximum exaggeration. It's the right. peak. It's the cap. No. It's the top of the exact. <sighs> it's the capacity. Yeah. Is like I said, it's the capacity. We could make it a guitar sling thing and it'd be no capacitor. <laughs> no capacitor for real. All right, let's oh let's gosh, do this last terrible. ad. Apparently, there's no copy on this ad, so we don't have any information, which is just fine because. It's just something to look at here. I have it marked Mystery Heart from Michael Lovett. If you search Michael Lovett in the email, you could probably see if anything turns up. But I don't remember if there was any uh, actual ad listing for this. It is some sort of long-scale thing. Eight-string mandolin mountain dulcimer cigar box sort of situation here. With a wild shape. This thing looks like a Star Trek instrument. It looks like something Spock yeah, would play. Yeah. And it's got... You, if you're listening to the audio podcast, click the imager link that, that Steve populates every single it's freaking three week. chorused strings. It's got this this side beam that... Okay, so imagine my, my Hallmark swept wing, but the horns go all the way up past the nut meeting with like the middle tuning pegs. Mm -hmm. And then in between those horns is like a dowel, like a half inch dowel that goes through them 
and threw a piece of wood on the back of the headstock. If you can't imagine it, I don't blame you because it's it's like nothing I've ever seen before. But like an eight-string mandolin, it has some sort of cigar box, gold foily uh, pickup in the neck position, a, a triangular piece of wood as the bridge, and an interesting like Celtic knot kind of inlay. It's interesting. I think the Celtic knots are actually sound holes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, and not just design. If it is, though, that's, like, even more intricate because it's, like, a sound hole covered by it. Oh, it, it totally is sound holes. In that pic, you can definitely tell. And these photos aren't great. They're kind of blurry, like the person mm-hmm. was running by taking these photos. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take this quick. I'm going to get the photos. I'll be right back. I, I'm kind of compelled by it. Like, this is... This is the sort of thing where if I ran into this at the swap You'd meet, want to play it at least. I would want to play it, but I would definitely invest in this as wall art. All right, here's like this is it, it has that like African mask wall art vibe to it without being an African like tribal mask. It has this folk instrument thing going on mm-hmm. while having an electric pickup in it. Yeah. There's something so compelling about it. And it has the fret spacing of like a mountain dulcimer. I'm trying to see if there if there it was more to this that maybe got left out. I vaguely remember there was something, but I don't think it there, it was a full ad listing. It was like two months ago that we got this ad, Michael. Love it. I've been going in order of us receiving ads, so I'm like 300 ads behind right now. That's fine. It is fine. We'll catch up eventually. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be unlimited ads forever. And, you know, it's a good reason for you guys to send screen grabs because... Here it is. Mystery, electric, harp, guitar. Oh, how come I didn't have a screen grab? I don't grab know, man. You missed a lot of screenshots. I did have a tough time today with the screens, uh, with the organizing the files. $150, South Asheville. Interesting mystery, electric, harp, guitar. Reminds me of the old Gibson harp gu- guitars made in the early 20th mm. century. Set up like a three-string dulcimer, but with the three strings doubled an octave for six total strings. It's got great intonation and has a really unique sound. Also sports a pickup, which works fine. No case. That's the whole, that's all it says. And they want $150 for it. They want $150. $150. I, I think I'm on the edge on that. I think, I think if I encountered this in person, like I said, at a swap meet, mm-hmm. I would pick it up. I would do some quick thinking. I'd probably, I feel like I could offer a hundred on this as a wall decoration conversation piece that you can buy much more expensive wall art that you don't care about and has no functional purpose at all. Like I'm, you know that I'm going to pull this off the wall and play it at a Christmas party or something, you know, like this is a party instrument. Yeah. You run this through a little practice amp when you're jamming with your friends. It's just going to be a fun time. I'm into it. I yeah. They might they might have me for 150 bucks if I encountered it in person. I'm not going to order it, it online. Look, it looks clean. It looks like it's been taken care of. Which those are big pluses in a weird folky whatever uh, instrument like this. It just has sure. so many weird elements to it. The body shape. Mm-hmm wild but visually compelling like it grabs your eye yeah that cross beam going from the horns to the neck why but why not too like 
there's something about it that somehow makes sense in like this weird folky kind of outsider instrument build sort of way. The Celtic knot sound holes Mm -hmm. look very interesting and well done. The gold foil pickup, the dulcimer fret spacing, the, the wild weird headstock there's it. It just keeps going and going and going. It doesn't miss. Like every part of it is compelling in some way. I wouldn't be surprised if that dowel is some sort of knocking instrument. Like you shake the neck and it causes a knocking sound. Oh. Like, dunk, 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 you know? Yeah. Because it looks like it slides back and forth and can turn or something like that. And I bet connected to those horns, it resonates the body enough to make right like a shaking drum sound hmm. like there's so much i have i'm so intrigued by this and that's why i'm voting for it steve what what are you voting for you're for, voting for this. i'm voting for it what's what's oh, your oh man are you going to contest my vote for adventurers club kind of complained about this i complained about the epiphone you said I was uh, wrong about the first two. I did say you were wrong with the, so I think by default we got to go Mystery Harp. Mystery Harp gets it. Who is this, Michael? I Michael Lovett. Michael Lovett. We love it, Michael Lovett. Oh my gosh, that was terrible. Thanks, I love it. I got it from Michael Lovett. I bought it at Ross. Tell us about the ad, Steve. The ad? You mean the song? The song. I lost the song because I was looking for the harp. This song was sent by Fridge. My, Fridge Band. The Fridge? Hey, guys. It's us again Sounds from cool. We have another track to send in because of the amazing support we had on the last track we sent in. That's As how we it said works. last time, we are a five-piece alternative rock band from Hereford in England. Hereford? Is it Hereford or Hereford? Thereford. Thereford. If anyone would like to keep up to date with our music and support us on Instagram, uh, our Instagram is fridge.band.official. We hope you enjoy this track. There will certainly be more to come as we grow and expand as a group.
Another killer track. Good job. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for sending it in. Absolutely. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded. <laughs>